that Everyone got one What's your opinion? This is the ramp room Tons won't be bitten Ain't no rules Just spill it And anybody can get it No limit We get to kill it You tuning in to the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping no. Any topic Even the random Niggas I hope that you ready We entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit Welcome to the ramp room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 2015. 2015. That's gonna, a little... How are you going to jump in there, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a little thing we do on the show. Uh, we, used to, we used to say we keep it 100, and then one of my, one of my big producers came on, and he's like, no, no, you guys are better than that. You know, better than 100. Better yes. than 100. I thought so, 100 was the top. But you can't and go, you can't, it's it's supposed, deep, sometimes oh, okay. we say 1,000, sometimes right. we say 1,015. You know, well, we just, just don't be picking up random numbers. <laughs> confuse all, all the listeners. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> on this show, <laughs> we're going to be silly today, y'all. We're going to be silly. I am professional. So, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, Shit like that. Mm-hmm. And not craft service. Not craft service. Well, it's depending on who you're talking to. Not my funky ass craft service I got today. We can yeah, cut you to me and I'm about to go off on your craft service. <laughs> I got my man Ben I'm on the show. I'm just a random voice in here and I'm, just, I'm, I'm making comments. <laughs> I bought some bootleg ass stuff from a gift thing. <laughs> wait, wait. He has a good excuse. I do. What was you doing this weekend? I was in the middle. Of, we were shooting a big pilot right. today, yeah. this right. weekend. My man, Ben, mm-hmm. Patrick Johnson. Hello. Was in the middle of it. Hello. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, my God. I know we're all, we're all just so tired. I'm tired. so tired. <laughs> this I'm is how so tired, tired people sound. <laughs> just in case, you, as a reference for future. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, y'all see how silly we are. Y'all hear her voice. That's my girl, Lisa Bolacaja. See, Ben, we call her the street nerdist. The Why street, we call you the that? Street who what? The nerdist. The street, nerdist. The nerdist. Mm-hmm. Why we call you that? Because sometimes when I have to get really real with you, <laughs> and I got to do the clap back in front of your face, I will do that. But if I feel like, you know what, I need to be a little academic with you mm-hmm. and be respectful and not hurt your feelings, I can do that too. That's what's up. But I'm excited because Ben is here. Exactly. <laughs> along with this roasted garlic onion dip mix. Yeah, there's a, this dip mix, because you guys can't see this at home. It looks like a package of uh, Crystal Light is what it looks like. Drink mix. Like, literally, you should add. I mean, it's a, it's a little cardboard box that looks like there's something you got to rip up in a packet and put it in. But he's got chocolate, though. He's got chocolate and halls, and we got our crackers. And I was reaching for it. I thought, oh, maybe it's a nice little thing. And I was like, oh, it's dip mix. Put the whole thing in a blender, you know. <laughs> well, we, we also got my man, Kevin Killebrew, sitting in with us. Another mm-hmm. voiceover artist, uh-huh. you know, over there chilling. So, um, if y'all grown... Let's get it in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so today, you guys already hear his sexy voice from all over the world. Everybody knows You hear voice. him everywhere you go in the movie theater. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's my man. Mm-hmm. Well, Every that's time. the intention, anyhow. So <laughs> we're trying to be ubiquitous. Exactly. Trust you know, me, you yeah. have heard him. If you've been to a movie theater mm-hmm. or seen something on TV, you have heard Ben's voice. Absolutely. It's like the voice of God. It has okay. been everywhere. Absolutely. Okay? I so, feel guilty when I'm sitting here. It's like the voice of God is in the room with me right now. I'll be judging and you. And I'm trying to, I'm thinking of like, what are all the things I've been doing? Uh, <laughs> You've been naughty or nice, When his girl, voice has come on TV or the theater. Exactly. I'm talking to you, by the okay. way. You know that. It's not, not anybody else. It's to you specifically. Exactly. So we got my man, Ben Patrick Johnson, you guys. Yes, y'all motherfuckers should stand up. 
Y'all motherfuckers should applause. <laughs> we could. We, okay. Exactly. All right. Thank exactly. you. Give it up. Give it up. I usually just work in a little studio. I, you know, there's no direct feedback. So uh, this is remarkable. Cool. That's what's up. We're silly on like the it. show, yeah. as you see already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like to have fun. We just be ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you can cuss on my show. Oh, great. Good <laughs> like a lot of, I have a, <laughs> a lot of shows you can't say shit yeah. about, you know. But this one, you can say motherfucker. Right. You know, mm-hmm. just can't use the N-word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, Depending I will on who you're talking to. I will not make that same joke that I texted you as I was heading over here about the name of the street. It's off color. That was it's a funny shit. We might, we might need to tell the kids what he said, but however. Um, so we got my man, Ben Patrick Johnson, you guys. Actor, writer, voiceover artist. Do you say voiceover artist? Yeah, voiceover uh, artist is pushing. I was a voiceover actor. Narrator. Okay. You know, right. as long as the check clears. All right. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the most important thing, philanthropist. Mm-hmm. I can't even say that word right. Did I say it word? You and did. A, and an activist, you know? too. Oh, yeah, I'm actually things. more activist than philanthropist okay. lately, you uh-huh. know, because I believe, and you know, there is a difference. If someone is a philanthropist, uh, typically we mean someone that gives generously from their pocket to support causes they believe in. Sure. But that doesn't mean you go out and get your hands dirty. <laughs> and I have, and I really believe, you know, there's, there's, there's two sides to giving. One is two, I guess I should say, beneficiaries. The person that you're helping, but also I think we grow significantly as people exactly. when we do stuff. And um, again, not to knock anyone who writes checks, because I've, I've been that guy sure, enough sure. times, but it's the actual interaction with the people that you're, that you're assisting okay. that I think helps us grow more. Okay. And so that's why... Uh, the older I get and the more I uh, do this, I really try to focus on the activist mm-hmm. part of it. Okay. It's a little riskier. It mm-hmm. takes more time. Mm-hmm. It takes more engagement. Uh, but Well, you have to show up. Yes, right? you have to show right. up literally okay. or, you know, even if, even if it's just I do a lot of it, you know, through mm-hmm. the computer, through social media and okay. so forth. But um, Did he mention like, how many people he has on Twitter? Oh, Lord. My man got like 900 million or some shit. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. I was, I was figuring this out. I was thinking the other day. Uh, HBO recently canceled the show Looking, yeah. which mm-hmm. was their Sunday night mm-hmm. drama. Right. And then I saw somewhere they, that, they public, that they said the number of people that were watching the show, and it's not good. And I realized hmm. uh, they have fewer viewers than I have Twitter followers. Are you fucking so, kidding me? Yeah, which, so, which made uh, I'm, I'm, my, my reach between Twitter and Facebook and so forth is about 300,000 now. Okay. Uh, but I just thought, so the answer to that is they just need to come over to my house <laughs> okay. and, and do their television show. Okay. I'll just tweet about it, <laughs> okay. and they'll have bigger numbers then. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, HBO saves money. We all win. Well, I he's got a watch, gorgeous house, though. I, got, you know, I need to like, watch a play in my right. house. Uh, That'd be great. Right. Everybody wins. That's right. funny. That's funny. So let's just go back just a little bit. Just tell us a little... Quick, just to where you came from, how well, sure. you got to the how you got to the game, yeah. to where you are now. Just a little. Well, when uh, I was a little kid, I, I knew I wanted to, to be working in media and broadcasting, mm-hmm. and so I really started going for that at an early age. Okay, and started doing radio gigs, fifteen, sixteen, in there. <clears throat> so I was positioned well that when I was in my early twenties, I came out here to Hollywood and uh, worked for ABC Radio. <laughs> yeah, songstress too. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, that just shows you why I don't sing. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> uh, came out of work for ABC Radio in a creative mm-hmm. position for a, a little bit. And then mm-hmm. um, Extra, the television show, was just launching. They found me and decided they wanted me to be, be host. Mm-hmm. And then about two months later, they found out that I was a flaming homosexual. Nah. <laughs> and decided they didn't want me to be host anymore. Okay, and we so, got to talk. Can, can okay. we talk about that at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. I, know, I know you open about shit. Oh, I'm you, real open. you wide open because yeah. we tend to be wide open That's on it. this show, no, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... What was that like then? So you get on the show as I a get on the show, and it's but it's, I, I, I 
was before the show even hit the air. Okay. So we were at this big company picnic, and I didn't think this way or the other of bringing my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, jaws dropped silence really? as we walked through, and I introduced my you know, boyfriend with his tank top and booty shorts walking, <laughs> walking through this. And, I mean, granted, it was a while ago. This was 1994, but okay. I was, you know, I was 23, 24 mm-hmm. years old. I didn't think anything of it. I was out and proud. Here I am. Mm-hmm. But they had had no clue that I was gay. I mean, wow. they should have. Lord, look at me. But the, but they somehow didn't get through their thick skulls. Mm-hmm. And so then it was just literally they, we started having meetings talking about how to address, and they called it literally the problem. The they didn't problem. want to name it the problem. How do wow. we deal with the problem? The problem is, you know, I'm me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And they hired me to be me, but then they didn't want yeah, to Yeah, which is ridiculous because yeah. they hired you to do a job. They thought you were great for it. They hire you. Hey, we're good. Well, your personal life, what you do on your own, that's you. You were hired to do a job. They felt you can do it. Yeah. And then for them to backpedal and be like, oh, well, wait a minute. Well, mm-hmm. again, it's 94. So, you know. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, he was it's, on camera, too. Yeah. 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 So they quote unquote demoted me to wow. senior correspondent which was funny because I was the youngest correspondent on the show really? and hadn't really done any <laughs> <laughs> any television work at that That's point but, uh, but so I did that for a year and it was a very painful year because really? um, the producers in the, at that point really did everything they could to make it hard for me and to mm. sideline me um, they would not assign me stories and I'd have to go out and get my own stories really? and they would wow. say you know what's your agenda here why are you going out and talking to people behind our back because well, you not <laughs> You told me to go out, and uh, and then they wouldn't give me main editors. I'd have to edit my own things, really? literally on a card table in the back back of the studio with ancient equipment that did barely worked. So I was cutting my own stories, oh, producing man. my own story, wow. and, you know. And so it was. Uh, but I actually ended up with things on the air, and because you know, after a while, mm-hmm. they need to, things to put on the air. And right. here, I'd done you reasonable need content. Work. Okay, right. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I sat there for a year, um, and then obviously did not renew my contract after okay. a year. Uh, but it, I didn't realize at that point that um, I was so well positioned hmm. because I then had the resume and, and the cred of having been on an, a national entertainment show okay. very visibly, mm-hmm. um, as well as. Um, when a television show first comes on the air, especially a huge show like Extra, there's mm-hmm. a gazillion producers, and people don't necessarily settle into the job right away. There's a bit of a revolving door sure. at, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. People come in, oh, that's not going to work. In the- mm-hmm. So producers that I worked with who had found me you know, somewhat pleasant with some modicum of talent mm-hmm. and an ability you know, to do stuff um, – I then found myself, after Extra was done, getting hired all over Hollywood. Really? But all these different people that, that had worked with, because, you know, there's the familiarity. Right, okay. And so... D- despite the gay thing. Despite the gay thing. Mm-hmm. You know, most people didn't, by that point, didn't even give a shit. <laughs> but, so, from the day I left Extra, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing some voiceovers before that, obviously, like with okay. ABC Radio, but from the day I left Extra, it was just a, a, an open door for me in Hollywood mm-hmm. with voiceovers, and I just worked and worked and worked every day. And, well, well um, let me just ask you, I don't mean, yes. to, I don't mean to keep no. backing up, but how did, how did the voiceover thing happen? Because you came here to be an actor? I came, well, I came here to, no, I can't, literally ABC Radio hired me here okay. to, to come to, for a creative director position. Okay. Uh, in radio, it's a much smaller world than in television, so sure. if you're a creative director, you're probably using your own voice and editing <laughs> your own stuff, which is what I was used to doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a production director in radio before right. that. I started out DJing, but found that I was much more comfortable in the production studio. And so um, that, that was sort of the career track I was on. Okay. Um, and um, 
Los Angeles was the next logical place. And mm-hmm. so I managed to get this big shiny gig when I was 22 years old. And well, I mean, I'm always curious because we had, like I said, for everybody, we have my man Kevin Killebrew yeah. sitting in, so he can't really speak because he's off the mic. But <laughs> Don't talk, Kevin. Don't talk. <laughs> I can yell. Yes. <laughs> he can, he can portray, you hear that? Yes. Resonating in your dental work. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a voice. This man's got a voice. I'm leaving. You can take it. <laughs> but I'm always curious of, you know, how, how people even get into that. Mm-hmm. And and how in the world do you sustain and get to a level like where you're on? Well, it's you know? challenging because like with certain other creative professions, um, you have to have a certain amount of experience to get hired. Okay. But you have to be hired to, to get that experience. That's 22, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, one easier thing with voiceover is it's um, unlike if you were doing you know acrobatics or something. Sure. Um, you can just do it in your home by yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's advice that I was given early. Uh, and which it sounds a little goofy, but it's, it's true. Um, DVR, uh, you know, primetime television, mm-hmm. skip the shows and listen to the commercials hmm. and mimic or mock what you're hearing. Okay. Um, people will say, oh, but then I'll just, I'm just copying and I'm not going to have my own thing. No, trust me, your individual sound and personality will come through. Hmm. Um, but there's just certain tricks and pacing and mm-hmm. inflection that is pretty standard that you kind of need to wrap your head around and get used to doing. So you practice, 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 practice at home. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, you know, there will be a little break and a little break becomes a big break. Um, The scariest and most exciting part is when you make the transition from like having a full-time job Mm -hmm. and then doing the voiceovers on the side Mm -hmm. to really making that your Mm full-time occupation. Career. (laughs) Yeah, your career. And that's really scary because there's, you know, there are times, there are days, weeks, months when things just, you're flooded with work. And there's times when you're literally just sitting around watching the paint. (laughs) Do I have a job? Let let me ask you. So on a a busy day, like how many ads or how many, what would you call it? Sessions. How many sessions would you do in a a day? Um, Now on a busy day, maybe 15. Are you kidding me? A slow day would be like three or four. Wow. Wow. And, but but there, there's still, there's still our days for me Mm -hmm. where I do nothing. I do zero. I look Mm -hmm. at this, the calendar and, um, I have a shared online calendar with uh, me and then two agencies and management f- okay. firm that, that represents me. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I just look at it and, you know, you can hear the, <laughs> the dust, you know, things blowing, <laughs> wah, 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 blowing down the street. And I will literally, sometimes I'll text my agent and I'll go, I'll say, are, are we still, are we in business? Do we, <laughs> is the agency open? Am I, do I have a job? What? And then he'll tell us back, I don't know. <laughs> Ask me tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So it's not just me. No, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, with voiceovers, just like with everything else for on camera actors and such, there's pilot season and then mm-hmm. there's busy periods and less busy periods. Mm-hmm. And like for me with voiceovers during the summer, it just goes to sleep really? from like July until beginning of September. Yeah. During those periods I'm doing, you know, a couple of sessions a mm-hmm. day, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, what I would call nickel and dime kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. It's not the big, it's not <laughs> the networks. It's not the, you know, the big movie trailers mm-hmm. and things because nobody's working. Cause I noticed it on your, I mean, I tend to not listen to IMDb because yeah. we all know IMDb isn't accurate. Yeah. You know, I have like six films and pilots that I've done that aren't even on there yet. Well, <laughs> you know, you can fix that. Well, mm-hmm. but production has to do it. They have to get you set yeah, before yeah. you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and so like I noticed there's a lot of like short films that you lend your voice to. And I know that you helping your friends out or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, the oh, fact I'm that you're constantly you, doing that. Yeah. Because, I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't really take much of my time okay. and energy. It keeps me sharp. And as long as these projects are not anything that would decrease my, my value 
like if, if it were a big film and they asked me to work for a quarter of my mm-hmm. rate, I would have to say no because then that potentially diminishes my rate. Sure. If it's a friend who comes in and says, "Will you, you know, do my voicemail or mm-hmm. do my wedding video or something?" Mm-hmm. Well, sure, why not? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect my rate. Sure. It's not going to. And and I've got time in the day. I can knock that out. So mm-hmm. I'm. I'm uh, I'm not saying everybody now hit me up for voiceovers now, but but because uh, oh my lord, I give you his number what five, five, five. 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 <laughs> but uh, but typically, yeah, I mean, I do all the time. Okay. I do, st- you know, if someone says, "Will you do my voicemail?" The answer is almost always, "Yeah, sure." What okay, I'm sure. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, I mean, what do they want you to say on their voicemail? Well, let me tell you. Let me give you a story. Please, Anthony Hopkins. Can I just yell? Uh, yell, child. I can just yell the story. Anthony Hopkins, you know, which is interesting to me, was not big before Silence of the Lambs. He was not big. People think he was, but he wasn't. But he said after he did Silence of the Lambs, people would walk up to him and say, can you call my voicemail? <laughs> and say, hello, you just called so-and-so. He's, he thought it was so bizarre. He's like, "Why do you want me to do your voicemail?" Because people like your voice. That's actually freaking hilarious. They know that, but he was like, "They can't come to the phone right now." No, but right. why don't you come I, over? Yeah, they're having fava beans. But they, you know, I mean, he's got a great voice, so they want him to, you know. Well, and, and, and an anecdote like that, I remember watching um, years and years ago, uh, David Letterman. And he had Sir Alec Guinness on, mm-hmm. um, and he was trying to get Sir Alec Guinness to, you know, do the, some of the Star Wars "May the Force Be With You" kind of stuff. And Alec was just, like, oh, I'm not, I can't, no, I'm not going to say I'm those theater, words. I'm not. I'm theater, I'm not going to say those words. <laughs> Jesus Christ, really? Just freaking say it. What you're that precious? You can't say a sentence that made you a bazillion dollars. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, so I will, you know. Yeah, I'm not. Shy and I'm not weird or anything about that. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Well, that's cool. So, it's, could you have like a whole like session at your house? You have all your equipment oh, yeah, all and your booth yeah. and your. In fact, you know, I was going to try to do this from my house, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, but I have a full. But you see, it's much more energy when that's, we're that's all here. Right. You know, right. 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 But yeah, I mean, it's my it's my career. It's my full time yeah. job. So it's I mean, I have the best work tools I that I can have sure. available to me, and that includes you know a full real real studio at mm-hmm. home. It's, um, uh, some voiceover artists they just that, well, first of all, almost all of us have to have studios at home now. Mm-hmm. Everything switched like between five and ten years ago. We all oh, used really? to go out to recording uh, studios, mm-hmm. but the economics have changed. The delivery time has changed, yeah. and um, the expectations have changed. Like with movie trailer stuff from the studios, mm-hmm. um, they will uh, you'll record something. And they'll, uh, the editor will cut it into a mix. And I remember mm-hmm. we're talking now to an industry crowd. So, use it, so they start cutting. It's all right. They get um, it. And they'll present, you know, they'll digitally present it at noon. The studio will give them notes. At two, they want to do a fix. Represent it at four. At six, they may want to do another fix. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, fancy. And so they may need you multiple times during the day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a lot different. To just go, okay, can we get you in 15? Or you can okay. get you in 10 minutes? And so you basically sit there at home. Really? Whereas otherwise you'd be having to drive across town yeah. mm-hmm. to a studio multiple times a day. Well, it's funny. I was, I was, it was teasing Ben <clears throat> when he came in. And he came in, you know, dressed like he's going to the gym, which I'm sure you probably are. If y'all see his body, that was earlier, honey. Y'all see his body, y'all know he, y'all know this bitch was in the gym. <laughs> I try to incorporate he's in the hell of the gym. Okay, <laughs> y'all know he was in the gym. But look, um, so uh, you, you were saying I was asking you something about oh, yeah. um, so, going, so, going to the audition. You're like yeah. I don't really go out to auditions. You know? I, yeah, I don't audition much. I mean, I audition from home. I, I read okay. scripts from the agents, of course, but. Mm-hmm. 
uh, actually going into a casting agency to, to audition is something I do maybe a couple of times a year. Really? You know, at this wow. Point. Because everything is from the house. Okay. Which is funny, because then when we do the recording sessions um, from the house, and, and I'm working with oftentimes the same people over okay. and over again at the networks, or mm-hmm. the, we, um, if the recording itself takes four minutes, let's say, for us to do, mm-hmm. we are, though, we're on the patch for 15 minutes talking about our dog and our, <laughs> our this and our families, because this is, our, this is how we interact now mm-hmm. with our coworkers. Mm-hmm. We have this headphones in line and, mm-hmm. oh, and... In the middle of the session, we'll text each other pictures. Of, okay, look at this. My daughter went to a birthday party last night. And she dressed. Oh my god! That's funny. So we, we maintain the human connection, but mm-hmm. it's all it's all electronic. Yeah. Okay, which is kind of how you know the rest of the world has gone the same way with social media and such. We we do we don't see our friends as as, as frequently. We mm-hmm. but we're in much more uh, close contact just via electronically. Mm-hmm. Now you you're also a writer. I write, yes. I have uh, four novels uh, wow. on bookstore shelves now, and the fifth is coming out in... Gosh, we don't even have a date yet. It's when do you fall. have time to do that? I don't. I, <laughs> I overextend myself I don't. ridiculously. <laughs> about, once about a year, I, I crash, and I'm like, oh, I can't do any of this anymore. <laughs> but I also no, but I have um, a really good assistant and okay. um, I, I, just several people around me that help keep me sort of you have to yeah you yeah. have to absolutely yeah because I, I was the one behind forcing um uh on a side note <clears throat> ben was one of the stars on this new pilot that we just did called faux show faux show tv faux coming show. out soon <laughs> well, production company yeah, exactly. like um, mofo productions <laughs> Scott, by the way you did an amazing job thank you man we had a good time we yeah, had a good time yeah. um I mean, it was professional. It, yeah. it was Always done. It was done well. We weren't, we weren't playing. It yeah, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't Full studio. It was. It was off the ship. Um, but I got to tell you, on a quick side note, you. I was telling uh, my partner this morning. I was showing him who was going to be on the show, and I said, "Oh, my boy Ben." He goes, "Oh yeah, I've heard of Ben." Blah blah blah. <clears throat> and I said, um, "I said I need to tell you something." I said, "We had some pros on the show. Ben was probably the most professional, organized one on the set." Seriously. Here's why. Okay. Here's why. Mm-hmm. And and and. I might be kissing your butt a little bit, but I'm just telling you this because this is just what I saw. All right. Rehearsals. Ben is one of the busiest freaking voiceover artists in Hollywood. You would show up. Be the first one there. Mm-hmm. Right? For the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do this. We all know that. But you, you once you commit, you commit 100%. My man came, had all his lines. He had a lot of lines. Yeah. He had all his lines down. Like, and then all the other people were like, uh, line. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> ben is like giving them the lines to help them. <laughs> Memorize. Other you know what I mean? Too, okay. And, and the fact that you, I just, so I just want you to know, I saw that. Well, thank I you. I saw thank the you. extra work that you did. No headache on the set. No attitude. You could if you wanted to. You know but what I mean? There's no need for but, that. But I mean, you could. Yeah, yeah, you know I suppose. I mean? Pull some and, stuff. And, and there was no attitude. You were like a total team player the entire time. Well, so thank you. I would work with you in a fucking heartbeat. Well, thank you, so. Hillary. That, that actually, um, and again, not to like make this all, <laughs> but that really means a lot to me. Because <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, that's not an environment that I'm in that mm-hmm. frequently. I mean, I know my little world, which sure. is the voiceovers, and I know about, you know, if a session is at four, that don't mean 403. That mm-hmm. means... 358. Mm-hmm. You're losing right money. There. You are mm-hmm. in your chair. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, right. um, yeah, you, no such thing as late. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like don't exist. Mm-hmm. And um, you better have your script in front of you and you either better know it mm-hmm. or you better be a damn good cold reader. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just no, there's no time and room in, in what I do for lacks. Sure. For, for, you got to be, and you have to be at, like right now I have a touch of a cold, okay. which is, um, you know, it's a big, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because I, you need to give them consistent sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, because especially It affects with, it all. Huh? Yes. Right. Sure, and with the sure. voiceovers, I mean, we are compensated very well mm-hmm. for our for our time, very well mm-hmm. um, for for those those fifteen minutes, that ten minutes, however long it is, or hour sometimes. Uh, but they expect and deserve one hundred percent. So you are always you always need to be at top performance level, mm-hmm. and that gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in the days of uh, when we would go out to the studios. Um, there was a, a time when I went in, and this is fairly early in my career, and I was frazzled and this and that. I'd been running around. It was hot, and I mm-hmm. didn't, probably didn't feel well or hadn't eaten or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, one of the producers said, how are you doing today? Um, and I said, oh, tired, frazzled, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there, was just, there was just kind of a silence in the room. Mm. Okay. And I talked about it with my agent <laughs> later, mm-hmm. and he and I sort of figured out that, no, that's not an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Great. Mm-hmm. And show up 100%. There's, there's no... Does, does that kind of go to, like, never let them see you sweat? Yes. Because yes, you kind of showed them, yeah. I'm sweating right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the point is, no, they're paying a lot for a little mm-hmm. bit of your time. They want mm-hmm. the magic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They don't need to hear about your toothache. You know? mm-hmm. Somebody else is waiting to hear you. Okay. Yes, yes, there's somebody. And, and um, we were talking about that actually last night. I um, was watching... Uh, Mary Tyler Moore reruns with my husband, <laughs> of all things. But we're talking about Valerie. Shout out to him. He was Shout really out nice. to TJ. Really nice. Um, we're talking about uh, the, the spinoffs of that show, mm-hmm. including Rhoda, right. uh, Valerie mm-hmm. Harper, who mm-hmm. then ended up on the show Valerie. Mm-hmm. And what a cautionary tale in Hollywood. <laughs> she has this show called Valerie, right? Mm-hmm. It's doing successfully. She's making money. She mm-hmm. asks for a little more money or she's going to walk, which happens from time to time. All the time, yes. You didn't realize they fired her ass off that really? show. Off her own show. Off her You're own? off your own it's show. Like, oh, my bitch. But the show went on and it became called Valerie's Family. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that's a season, summer. it was called The Hogan Family. That's, that's we, we, they, I will, know. they will fire you that's from a show cold. with your own name in the title. That's that is cold, a hit. You, shit. You're on something. I've been replaced on a show. And mm. my agent said, you're not going back to that show. And I'm like, what? Well, why? They're like, oh, they said he's a lovely person. <laughs> he's a lovely person. He's just not right for that. He's part. just, there's some other he's thing. Just, there's right. something going on. He's not right. So I got, you get replaced. So yeah. like you said, you come in and I think, I was going to add to what you just said about him being a professional. It's because, number one, voiceover people, and this is no smear against actors, but voiceover people are more laid back. You, like, roll out of bed and go to that studio and whatever. um, And you come at 345 to do a 4 o'clock job or even a 4 o'clock audition. You're there 15, 20 minutes before. And you need to know your copy. Mm -hmm. Because they'll say they don't know what they want. They'll say, we want you to read like this. And then you'll give them the read. And they're like, mm, no. this is what they asked for. They asked for that read. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, they're like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think, think, think. So that's why. you got to read their mind. you got to read their mind. And then <laughs> read everybody else's mind. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the public won't like this, so let me do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's a consummate professional, because he has to think on his feet. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's not, he's, he can be, and probably is, but he's not pampered like some celebrities yeah. are. Yeah. They don't have to worry about... They can get somebody. Oh, my lies! He doesn't have to. He has that. He does not have that luxury. Yeah. So. Now, granted, though, 
we are reading as voiceover artists. We artists. There, I just I took <laughs> claim it as as talkers. <laughs> no, there is an art right. to it. We have the script right in front of us most sure. of the time, so it's not. We don't have to be off book for everything. Let's not give people that misimpression. Right, right. But you have to be able to cold read like a mm. motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the script. Boom. You do on the first take. Mm-hmm. You've got to deliver a. You know the, the finished take on the first take, mm-hmm. especially like when, when when we're doing network uh, stuff for for promos. If you get on to take three or take four, something's wrong. Yeah. You're out. Yeah, <laughs> you, it's take one. Thank you and for it, coming. It, it's take one. It's a for time, you need to adjust it. Take two, you right. got to mail it. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's you, you got to be at top performance level. But you're right about so, very much about something you said, and that is that it's a much more laid back environment. Um, I started out, you know, uh, after extra and all that in, in the mid '90s. I was going out some as a as a t- uh, on camera commercial actor, mm-hmm. and when you walk into these casting sessions, the energy is just toxic in the room. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking at each other sideways, sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Voiceovers is like, hey, <laughs> how you doing? Hey, you know, because you see the same people over. Right. How's your dog? You know, yeah. hey, brother. And we all, it's just sort of like a big family. And you know, if I don't get this one, you'll get it. If you don't get it, mm-hmm. he'll get it next month. You know, whatever. It comes around and we mm-hmm. all, um, it's much more human. And I, I've always noticed that, that the, the, that the energy and just, it's, it's a much, uh, I mean, there are some people that are bitter in, in, in voiceovers, but most of the, we're just pretty much normal folks. And there's mm-hmm. not, there's not a bunch of giant egos. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't encounter that on, on in any part of our, of that end of our business. Mm-hmm. No, it just always amazes me, you know, um, um, you just would would assume, you know, that you, well, most people assume that people who are celebrities or, you know, um, one of the top people in whatever the field are mm-hmm. probably got there because they did whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you, in my opinion, I've known you for a long yeah, time, probably yeah. 15 years. I've never sensed any kind of an ego from you, you know. I mean, it's certainly, thank you, certainly in voiceover. I mean, a lot of it, what gets us, they hire you back for mm-hmm. the next job and the next job and the next job sure. because they had, a, you, of course, you delivered, but they also had a pleasant experience working with sure. you. Um, and uh, so, you know, yeah, be on time, learn your copy, but also just be nice and decent mm-hmm. and easy to work with, mm-hmm. you know, and also, you know, care. <laughs> Remember what the, you know, not every detail of the producer's life, but, mm-hmm. you know, have a continuity of what's going on for them and, and make it a, a human interpersonal experience sure. and I you know, I'm just I'm a Midwesterner and it's um, natural for me to just mm-hmm. to make conversation and, and talk about life and mm-hmm. all the little bits of stuff and um, that has I think really served me well in Hollywood well there was there was something else you did I, I came up to Ben probably like I don't know midday at some point and I said Ben um, I'm going to move you into the trailer and because uh, we brought in like what were they, like twenty extras yeah, or whatever, yeah. so the extras started kind of taking over the green room where we had Ben and like some of the other guy actors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Ben's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." And I was like, "No, you can move if you want to." He's like, yeah, "I don't care." And I was like, "Really? Yeah, you don't want to go in the trailer?" He's like, "It doesn't matter. You know, whatever. You know, yeah. if you want me to go, I'll go. But I don't care. You know, they, mm-hmm. no, they're not in my way. Mm-hmm. You know, just like really cool. So I just had. To, I know I'm overdoing it, but it, it just." Stood out to me. Thank That's you. something well, that I saw. People's just people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I come from. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so let's talk a little bit about okay. your activism. Sure. Um, because I know you don't have that much time. Um, so how did, you, how did that become part of your repertoire or whatever, you know? My parents um, were lifelong uh, uh, 
they were lived lives of service and okay. they were uh, activists as well. They went as missionaries in the 1950s to Congo, which at that time was Congo to teach school. So, so you know, okay. they taught school and then after things kind of blew up there mm-hmm. uh, around 1960, they, they moved back to the United States and lived on the Navajo Indian Reservation, wow. teaching school, digging wells, all that kind of thing. And um, then later on, uh, when, when the time I came along, they were living mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Again, teachers, uh, activists, their first big thing was uh, peace activists, you know, mm-hmm. anti-war. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I was a teenager and I came out, uh, here, mom, dad, I'm gay. Well, that gave them a whole new cause to rally for. So they became they became strident, you know, LGBT activists. Really? So they rallied that. behind oh, you. Oh my I lord! Love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean you know, and and um, so that's what I that was what I was uh, had as role models. Okay. Um, in my parents, and that those were the values mm-hmm. that I was taught growing up: that you be of service, that you be humble. Okay. Um, and that sometimes runs in contrast with the whole Hollywood thing, where you have to do a certain <laughs> amount of look at me, look uh-huh. at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so I've, from a pretty young age, they also taught me to use my voice and I don't mean physically, I mean mm-hmm. my voice as a human being, okay. um, to stand up for the things I believe in, to, to, um, not be coward, you know, to, to not be cowed or not be a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something, they taught me to be the one in the room who, who goes, Hey, look over there. Which, you know, rather than going along with the group when something is not the way it should sure. be, when there's an injustice going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very easy for me to become an LGBT activist um, in my 20s. Okay. And I started, you know, I came out young and came out rather loudly. Um, and uh, no, I mean, I, my first big coming out was on a 50,000 watt radio on KABC okay. radio. I came out to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, how, how did that, you announce that? What did you well, we, I had, I was the production director and so mm-hmm. I had been cutting promos, uh, for different shows, uh, and writing and choosing sound bites to, and there was a, a talk show at that time where there was some discussion about something gay mm-hmm. and I thought it was a hot button thing. So I kind of made a promo about that. Mm-hmm. And then that aired and it was on a different talk show hmm. and their callers were calling and talking about this promo and hmm. saying that it was homophobic and that the station was homophobic and clearly yeah, whoever put this together, you know, it had anti-gay sentiments <laughs> and it's talk radio. So they like conversations that the mm-hmm. show host asked if I'd come in. This was all within like one hour on mm-hmm. the show and said, would I come in and discuss this? And I did. And I said, well, it's ludicrous what they're saying because mm-hmm. I, it so happens that um, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And again, the talk show host had no idea. Oh, it, was a, it was actually, I don't know if people remember this is years ago, Michael Jackson, who mm-hmm. was this British talk show host in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I did not know. I, I didn't know. Ben. <laughs> My goodness. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's how I came out. I'm like, so mm-hmm. if they think there's some anti-gay bias in here, uh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm out in West Hollywood, and, you know, <laughs> three nights a week with my friends hanging okay. out. There's no any gay bias here crossed. <laughs> I just knew that it would be punchy and people would want it. Right. Interesting. So, and, and, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, that, that, I mean, that's the degree of out that I was. Okay. And I started doing little bits of things with Glad. Mm-hmm. Even at that point, um, I'm much more affiliated with them now. Sure. Um, so the LGB tough stuff was just second nature for me. Mm-hmm. But then maybe a decade ago, I started thinking about how easy it is for a- us to advocate for those who look like us, mm-hmm. live like we do, 
you know, love like we do, worship sure. like we do. The, mm-hmm. the greater challenge is to advocate for people that, that are very different from us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that's when I started looking more at some of the um, religious aspects and religious discrimination, mm-hmm. and I saw injustice. I opened my eyes more to injustice going on, um, and it's become so acute mm-hmm. with Muslim Americans. Mm-hmm. People, you know, they say, what are you, a Muslim lover? And mm-hmm. I'm, well, yeah, because I like, you know, and I also like Jewish, I love mm-hmm. Jewish people and Buddhists mm-hmm. and Hindus. And, um, we're, we're not different as, as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I started to use my voice more to okay. support um, particularly Muslim Americans, mm-hmm. but also uh, you know, people of different faiths. Yeah, different and even faiths, within yeah. the LGBT diaspora, mm-hmm. um, I, I look at our transgender brothers right. and sisters as others ha- ha- have now, as we're getting you know, marriage and such for everyone. And the, the condition for, forgive me for saying this, but for you know, white gay men mm-hmm. with du- double income, mm-hmm. it's... It's not horrible in, in, in much of the country. <laughs> there still are a lot of pockets. Sure. There's, there's small towns, and you sure. were working on that sure. with the youth and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but so also within the LGBT thing, mm-hmm. um, looking at our seniors, because right. what happens you know, when someone gets older and gets, you're already invisible sure. right. uh, in a lot of ways by the time you're 50. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when you're 60, 70, 80 and don't have a partner? Because mm-hmm. a lot of older gay people... Uh, were leading their adult lives during an mm. era when it was just not acceptable, right. sure. when you couldn't be out the, the way many of us are now. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, I think we need to take care of our seniors. G- gay seniors, our, our gay youth, you know, are still very vulnerable in, right. in, in a lot of ways. And we see these absurd suicide rates mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, uh, HIV transmission rates mm-hmm. and, and a lot of behavior that comes that is either directly or secondarily from... Um, either internalized shame or mm-hmm. shame that's been uh, visited upon people. Right. Well, um, I'm interested because <clears throat> um, we had um, um, a few weeks ago. We had we had these two young writers on, and I met them at the Writers Guild, and they came in. It was like their first meeting they came into, and we. Were, I was trying to encourage them on. They hadn't joined yet, but they were invited to come to the Gay and Lesbian Committee, <clears throat> which is now the LGBT Committee. LGBT, yeah. However, I was explaining to them about how we had – we just changed it this year. And there was a young bisexual, bisexual woman who came in. Um, she was under 30. These kids are under 30. But all of us are way over that. Yeah. Way <laughs> over that. Way. And Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm saying us. I didn't say you, bitch. I said us. And Let's I, say I passed 30 well over a decade ago. <laughs> and so, Trip. so here's the interesting thing. So we were talking about how she brought up the fact that we weren't LGBT. And it caused a big ruckus in the room for like an hour and a half. We went in about should we change the name to LGBTQ? Mm-hmm. We agreed to change it to LGBT. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to me. So I'm just curious from somebody like you who was in the know on yeah. all that stuff like that. I think we were behind and I was one of the people saying, wait a minute, she's making some really good points here. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we're all kind of old heads who still think gay and lesbian is the, the whole umbrella. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> actually, it's not. Mm-hmm. These kids today are proud to be bisexual, and they mm-hmm. believe they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, we come from the generation where bisexual meant, well, you're just not out yet. Or it meant, <laughs> you know what or I mean? meant you're dirty. Yeah, right. whatever. Yeah, we, I, I know a lot yeah. of gays and lesbians who actually kind of look down on bisexual. Okay. Like, you just can't decide, or you just want it all. Right. Absolutely. Right. They want the cake and the ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt your whole That's little... No. You were mm-hmm. uh, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, and um, anyway, so the advocate see that I I nowadays think of myself less as an LGBT advocate Mm -hmm. and more as just a human rights advocate because you know let's have if we can't make the playing field even for everyone because sometimes that's just not realistic Mm -hmm. to to do as advocates society has to do that over time at least we can look for gross injustices against anybody for being who they are people whose civil rights are being violated Mm -hmm. and uh, whether they're in your group or not. But again, I, I think it, it grows us more as people mm-hmm. um, to advocate outside of our own group mm-hmm. um, for interests that are not our own immediate interests. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, things that are maybe a little less convenient. Yeah, because it's, it's easy to go right to your own. Yeah. It's it's when you start, pearls. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I and mean, when you start moving into intersections, that's when it really, because you, you have to walk that talk now. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I, I'm advocating for this, but mm-hmm. guess what? You can build a coalition with other people, and you have to be able to look beyond just yourself. One thing that I find very interesting, just fascinating, is when you look at the struggle for for, for gay civil rights Mm -hmm. and then look back at what what we typically call the civil rights struggle in America, which Mm -hmm. is the the black civil Mm -hmm. rights struggle Mm -hmm. in the 50s and and early 60s, although, you know, of course, it still goes on. Mm -hmm. But um, when you talk to younger black people, Typically, there can be a lot of antipathy and, and a lot of pushback against the, the gay rights movement. Mm-hmm. How dare you compare your struggle to ours? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. But when you actually talk to people that were there, mm-hmm. to, to the um, like my friend uh, Donzeli Abernathy, who's mm-hmm. the daughter of Reverend Abernathy, who oh, walked yeah, yeah. with King, you know, in mm-hmm. Selma, and this sort of thing, these people absolutely identify mm-hmm. our struggle as mm-hmm. common. Um, NAACP has been very, very supportive of the the gay and lesbian uh, civil rights movement sure. mm-hmm. and the pioneers again it's we're just talking about human beings having their dignity mm-hmm. and whether and whether it's the color of your skin or or who you wake up when you're a child and realize I want to love this kind of person versus right. somebody else or mm-hmm. uh, which particular faith you you find that is the most accessible for you to to feel in line with mm-hmm. with the, the you know god um these things should not divide us. Agreed. <clears throat> and uh, I, we absolutely should advocate for each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and th- we have we're begin- we have now at least decades of evidence that it works, whether you're talking about uh, Harvey Milk, gay right. rights pioneer mm-hmm. who uh, aligned with labor mm-hmm. um, in, in San Francisco. Stonewall. Stonewall yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, there's the big film this year, Pride, mm-hmm. uh, where recounting where in Britain, the minors and mm-hmm. the gays who would not have right. had anything, anything to do, do with each other, other. <laughs> not a thing in common, realized that they had a common goal, which was dignity, equality, mm-hmm. uh, fair treatment of human beings. Sure, sure, sure. And ultimately, you know, that's our human experience that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that binds us and that uh, holds us together. And we have to emphasize that. Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. There's my little. There's my. <laughs> but can I just say this? Yeah, with all this fantasy, I mean, I mean, you really got to look at like 
Ben does amazing stuff. When I was looking at Trooper, I was like, oh my God, this guy, he's like, you've lived like several lifetimes just in that, <laughs> just in your resume. But well, let me tell you about voiceover artists and why they're so important. I didn't really realize how important they were. I mean, I know they're important, but it's like I love going to the movies. I love seeing the trailers ahead of time. I like sitting. I like to be at the very first beginning sure. when it comes on. You don't realize how important they are because they set the tone for the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. when... Like when nothing comes on, it's like a totally black screen, and then you hear that voice. Like literally, it's like some old sage has come up, or some grill has come down. I'm going to tell you the story. So it's like I really have a. Really She's one of them cinephiles. She's like, all right, okay. So when I hear those things, and I hear a really good voice, of like for example, when you did Home, I was just like, oh, I really got to see that. <laughs> you know, and it's like so many different movies. It's like that tone, and it just it just gets you excited. It's like, oh, with all the right voice, you didn't, might not I know. get involved. It, it, right? It's like a different voice. Just mm-hmm. like, oh. Man, I didn't get that. But yeah. when it's nailed, mm-hmm. it like it totally like it's like being around a campfire, mm-hmm. and that person's like, "I'm going to tell you this story. Come gather around, mm-hmm. young people." Every time, and that's why I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, like a lot of my friends, I get really pissed at them mm-hmm. if I'm going to the movie. Like, look, we got to be there right now. Like, oh, it's just the trailers. The movie don't start for another 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Like, you pitch, you are messing up the whole Girl, movie experience. You're messing up, you are messing up the experience. <laughs> the experience is having your popcorn. The light goes down, right. and then those." Trailers come on, and then that voice comes out of the dark, and it says, pow, you know? So I give it to it. It is. It's like, oh, I get chills just thinking about it. Just like, oh, my God, this is my thing. And it's when it's done so well. So that's why I really appreciate you being on the podcast with us because, like I said, you're like the voice of God. I hear your voice everywhere, TV, movies. I'm like, God, Ben, I got to be like on my best you're, behavior. You're the, voice, you're the voice of CBS right now. Um, well, I, they, the networks used to have a thing where they have like okay. a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing much more nowadays is branding the individual shows with okay. voices. Mm-hmm. So, and um, like I used to do a ton of Fox, mm-hmm. a Fox television. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's now I do less for them simply because my voice is very associated with one or two shows on oh, okay. that network. And they're, so they're, they hire a, a greater number of voices. Mm-hmm. Same thing at CBS. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of shows at CBS that mm-hmm. I do. Um, but that's not all the case. There, there are other places like sure. Bloomberg Television, which okay. is cable. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. one of the big networks, mm-hmm. but um, it's wall-to-wall me. I do all mm-hmm. the, the radio, television, online, and that sort of thing for them. Another um, b- network that's really up and coming is WGN America. Mm-hmm. And I do all of their uh, drama, reality, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and um, even a, a bit of the comedy. But mm-hmm. um, So... Uh, yeah, but but the network it, it is different. Mm-hmm. Another thing is you're talking about going in the theater and the lights mm-hmm. come down, the popcorn. One thing that people will notice is every single trailer used to have a narrator, mm-hmm. and that's largely changed now. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for, you can go. So there are times you can go and you can see four trailers and there's not a single word of narration right, on right. it, which you know kills us. I know, <laughs> but I miss that. But it's love. a cyclical thing. Yeah, and it's been that way heavily for like two, three mm-hmm. years. But mm-hmm. starting to, I'm starting to. Now we're, we're getting copy back in scripts mm-hmm. for stuff that six months ago or a year ago would not have had narration on it. And now it's starting to, it seems like, creep back a little bit. Right. Which, you know, just for our bottom line, it makes a, a voiceover actors happy. Right. Um, but, you know, so And I like it. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen the trailers and things yeah. where they don't have it. You're just kind of like, oh, they're just basing on, okay, whatever you see, it's going to tell mm-hmm. the story. But sure. there's still, I just, I just love that idea of the someone sucking me into the story and I'm mm-hmm. like you're not going to get me and then that voice pulls you in like mm-hmm. I think I might see this movie <laughs> and you know it's interesting because when we do especially for trailers mm-hmm. much more when we do promos mm-hmm. the promos are cut finished 
Uh, in fact, they've even got a scratch audio track put in there. Really? So if I'm working for the network, I have my headphones on, I'm hearing the spot playing, I'm hearing the dialogue, right. all of that. And a lot of times I can catch my, I can find the right tone for it literally with a couple of notes of music coming at really? the top of the thing. I know what I need to do here. Mm -hmm. With trailers, mm. they send you, the script is it looks like a haiku or something. Yeah. It's five or six lines uh -huh. and it's just, you know, and nothing. There's and, and the movie's not out yet. There's, <laughs> and the trailer's not cut yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is an element they're going to put together. So you have to create that world for yourself in your head. Wow. Mm, and they will, t you know, sometimes if it's, uh, it can be obvious. It can be you know, an action film with this actor and this actor. And you, and you get a sense of where it's mm -hmm. going to go. And you can imagine kind of in your head what the music's going to sound like. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, you, as, as a, a narrator for trailers, you have to create that world in mm -hmm. your head. And, um, and you know, when they record you, it's just silence. It's just you and, and nothing. And there's uh, also with promos, you've got you know, 4.3 seconds in which mm -hmm. you do this. And with trailers, no, that's mm -hmm. not the rule. Um, so you go as quickly or as slowly as, as the performance feels right, and they will direct you. But a lot of times, the best direction is very little direction mm -hmm. for, for, for trailers. If they start okay. bugging you about how you pronounce this a word and that a word, <laughs> and go up on this and go down on that, it begins to sound like a robot ridiculous thing. Mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of, it's, it's, it is a very organic process. Okay. It's, I could compare it maybe a little bit to, it's more like stage acting, yeah. uh, you know? I mean, I guess that's why yeah. you call yourself a voiceover yeah. actor as yeah. opposed to a voiceover whatever. artist yeah. or yeah. something or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so you really have to inhabit it. And, and, mm -hmm. and when we are successful, we achieve what you were talking right. about a moment ago, which right. is that sense of you're being like a campfire. Right. You're being told I'm this being, story I'm by... i tell you the story. And by someone you trust, mm -hmm. uh, who's, you know... You know um, and that's what we try. And w when we do achieve that, well, mm -hmm. then, we've, then we've been successful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> makes well, a big di makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Well, you know, talk that? about the intersection of VO and writing. Now, that's interesting. That's another okay. one. Good well, point. Well, let me make it clear just so sure. people heard. Because <laughs> you're way over there. <laughs> you're way over there. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the intersection between writing and voiceover. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Let's give it to him. All right. Well, um, I'm curious about your take on it as well. Um, I started out, I think I have a real advantage as a, a voiceover uh, performer. We're coming up with all these different, you know, uh, nouns for what we performer, <laughs> actor, <laughs> adjectives. In that, not only have I, you know, I write fiction, I've been writing fiction since I was five years old and could learn to spell, but I've been writing promos and, and trailers uh, since my late teens. And I've produced many, 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 just ridiculous number of trailers and promos, my own self. Um, and that was the same career path that the, the guy that we refer to as the godfather of voiceovers, Don, Don LaFontaine. Yes, Don LaFontaine. <laughs> he did the same thing. He actually came from, he grew up not far from where I grew up and was working as a promo producer and would put his voice on some stuff here and there. Um, but anyway, because we ha we have that the writing sensibility and the producing sensibility, um, I think it it helps us immeasurably as performers because we have a sense of what the process w went on in, in in the head of the writer, and we can it, yeah. we can look at you know look at the script and and see what's going to need emphasis, what words are going to need more. Uh, oomph on them or, or given a little more room, what we can sort of gloss through if we're short on time. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think that they work hand in hand. Now, is that what you were pointing That's to? That's what I was referring to. And also, as a little side note anecdote, I know you talk about Don LaFontaine, yeah. but very few people talk about 
Percy Rodriguez. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was he? Had kind of gone away. He was um, uh, what show? Uh, Stanford and Son. He played the guy that was always dressed up and you know very, but very, very particular from Canada. But they did a a Universal Studio spot about uh, I think it was uh, Jurassic Park. And Don would do so. You'd be Don. He would do like agoraphobia, agoraphobia, and the then person would the do loathing. the fear of water. That, it was just. Phenomenal! Oh my God! Wow. They used both of them together. Wow. Them together. Oh, that's some crazy shit. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I wonder if we can like, find oh, that. On yeah, YouTube I gotta look it up on YouTube yeah, or something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, the 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 intersection is the advantage that you're talking about. You come in because they don't know what they want. They give you copy that's like you know misplaced or you know there's no it's run on sentences. You've got to do the mm-hmm. the the commas and the whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you said, creating that whole world of what it is. When you come from that writing background or that mm-hmm. promo background or whatever, you can kind of help them, and they appreciate that help. Yes, well, as long as you do it delicately. As long as you no, you're not trying to rewrite their thing. No, you're not trying to redo their whole thing. But it it does give you the advantage to. Um, to give an insight into where you can go with a copy that they had not thought about before. Right. Yeah. And another thing you talk about, the haiku and whatever, the the less copy it is, the harder is the job. Absolutely. The true. less copy. Absolutely there was true. one, it was like um, a 7-Up commercial, right. and all the line was, Spot is not a dog. Mm. And the guy just kept saying, say it over. Say, and you're like, it's just one line. Right. Or... Perfect example, Sega. Remember that? Yeah. Sega! Yeah, yeah. So it was like you walk in, like, how do you want us to say this? They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know when they hear it. Yeah, they'll know when they hear yeah, it. Yeah. So that whole, the intersection of what would be creative, because nobody talks about creativity. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about, you're talking about, like, watch TV, watch this. They don't talk about creativity, like bring all that in together to make yourself, sure. you know, stand out from the crowd. So, yeah, that intersection is very, very important, I think. Mm-hmm. Very well point made. Hmm. Very well point made. <laughs> Verb before noun. Hillary, I need to eat some of that dip. Clearly, my blood sugar is dropping. You need some French on your I need some, French onion, some powder. Some See, that's powder. like an astronaut food is what that is. Yeah. You just add French onion powder. Water and you drink it. <laughs> well, look. Well, thank you so much, Ben. I know you got to run. So we, we really appreciate He's you. He's got to do some voiceover work. Got to do people. some voiceover work. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. blowing up my phone. And that's one thing. Just uh, uh, we close. That's something that's very much changed mm. in the business even just in recent years uh, a decade ago uh, they would book you a day or two days ahead for, sure. for commercials a few years ago it became you know they could they became more accessible and they mm-hmm. could book you day of um, you know, they put you on hold and they mm-hmm. confirm the hold or release it at least for me nowadays that ain't how it works it's yeah. we need you now where are you you know it's now yeah, right. uh, uh, as soon as it's available I'll get copy and literally I, had, I was laughing I got a piece of copy the other day from uh, I don't think I'm calling anyone out saying this, okay. but WGN America because we've been mm-hmm. we've been launching um, season two of Salem, oh, which is yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched last night, um, and uh, literally it's the, the, need this copy as fast as humanly possible. Wow, was the, was the, so get it back. So sometimes if it's fifteen twenty minutes, you miss the boat. Sorry. So you literally have to just sit in your house, or like right now. I mean, I'm here talking to you guys, mm-hmm. but I have in the trunk of my car out there. Oh, I was going to ask you, you have something? with microphone, laptop. I don't have a fancy mixer like you, but <laughs> I like Kevin. Kevin got his mic. Yeah, yeah. Kevin travels. Kevin's got his microphone. We travel with his... our microphones. Oh my so, God. You know, and I will say, okay, if you need to, you know, you you'd be surprised how many of these voiceovers there are coming from hotel rooms and cars. And yeah. Lord, yes. Particularly cars. Cars work well if you get in a quiet street. Bathroom. Bathroom. Thank you. Thank you. 
What's that flushing sound? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're, they're blowing up my shit. And I, need to, I need to go handle All it. All right. But my goodness, well, I'm sure I really enjoyed this. Thank conference. you, man. Thank we really you. Enjoyed we'll, it. we'll have you back again. Yeah, talk about absolutely. Shit, you know, I'd be happy no to come back. Definitely. You Especially talking about talk about writing copy. Like, how do you do that? How do you put yeah, together that kind of thing? That'd be great. And Hilliard knows yeah. from knowing me how long that you know. You, well I'll done. talk for nine hours. <laughs> you let me. <laughs> no, we would definitely have That's you back. That. Awesome. No, no, I appreciate it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, people want to get in touch with me, they can find me um, on, on Twitter at okay. uh, BenPatrick90069. Uh, same thing on Instagram. It's Ben Patrick nine zero zero six nine, and on Facebook, not tar- hard to find. Just Ben Patrick Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they did? What the kids did on their show? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, thank you, Ben. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it so much, Lisa. Where you at? Girl? Hey, I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see how she hit me up? Don't be afraid. Okay. Don't be scared. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle? Twitter it's, handle, it's girl. Just my name, Lisa Bolakaja, or you can also find me on Bitchflix. Okay. Bitchflix. Bitchflix. Where I write about film commentary from a feminist intersectional. She uh, goes in. Uh, yeah. The last piece in. I just did was uh, Still Alice, which was like a horror movie for me. Beautiful mm. movie, but oh my god, I was so stressed. So <laughs> yes, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up, and, or you can catch me on Fridays or Saturdays when I'm on there doing uh, Saturday Night Sci-Fi or Friday Night Horror. Okay. So, okay. We okay. do the hashtags and we go and we watch old school movies. So Love fun. It. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can hit me at. <clears throat> I can't even speak You can just hit him. <laughs> hit him up. I got, just I got bitch slap him. <laughs> Hilliard Guest. You can find him at. Hilliard Guest on Instagram. Yeah, I'm right? on, on I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, you guys can follow the show at Screenwriters RR. The Screenwriters Rant Room is too damn long for the, you know. There's a lot of typing. <laughs> See how they do the better. Um, also, um, um, if you guys want to email us anything, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. And last but not least, want to thank a couple countries. Dude, we are all over the place. 40,000 listeners. My Lord. That's crazy. <clears throat> so we got England, France, um, um, we're in Taiwan now. I'm like, how can we get to Taiwan? Oh my God. Albania. Australia. Hey. We're in Albania. <laughs> Australia. Over 70 countries. My Lord. Yeah, dude, it's a trip. Um, so we can Canada. Everybody. Yes. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. This is out there. I just usually give like the top 10 people, you know, sure, to sure. let them say thank you. Um, China. We get to China. I love China. Um, Japan. Um, I don't know who else I said. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil okay. we're in Brazil. Um, and and all y'all motherfuckers out there. <laughs> wherever you is, exactly. wherever you is, exactly. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate the support. Um, and y'all know how we do. Join in what's for 2015. Mm-hmm. All right. So on the rant room, we keep it street. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? 2015. Peace, y'all. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rant room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. Yeah, I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grow shit. Welcome to the rant room. Ah, that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs>